Good morning and welcome in everybody. Today we are going to take a look at a passage of scripture, but before we do that, I wanted to tell you a little story. As a parent, how many times have you had a child approach you crying and weeping because they had done something wrong? When you recognize their sorrow, did you proceed to punish them for what they had done? I mean, did you banish them to their bedroom? Did you excoriate them for their misdeeds? As a loving parent, we extend to them mercy and grace, giving them a hug and comforting them. Like the prodigal son, we cast their sins behind us and completely forget the events that ever took place. This reminds me of the Christian life. You know, if there's one thing in this world that is lacking, it is true contrition. Many people want to find forgiveness with God or others, but they don't truly possess this quality in their heart. Like the child in the story, God wants all men to become his penitent children, being sorry enough for our sins that they quickly and humbly apologize to those whom they have wronged. When people possess this penitent frame of mind, we must restore them meekly with the understanding that we too have made mistakes along the way. Look at Galatians chapter 6, beginning at verse 1, says this, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. When somebody is overtaken in a fault, they're going to be absolutely consumed with grief. And this is because they are sorry inwardly for their sinful actions that they have committed. They do something wrong, but now they are filled with heartfelt regret. Nowadays, many people sin, but they refuse to feel bad about what they've done. The love of many truly has waxed cold. They're completely impenitent and unremorseful. Now, King David, on the other hand, was grief-stricken in his heart because of the sin that he had committed towards God and obviously his neighbor. Psalms 51 verse 1 says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindnesses, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me. Against thee, the only, have I sinned, and done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in inequity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and... I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways, and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me from blood guiltiness, O God, and thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness. O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. For thou desirest not sacrifice. 
else would I give it? Thou delightest not in burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and a contrite heart. O God, thou wilt not despise. Do good in thy good pleasure unto Zion. Build thou the walls of Jerusalem. Then shalt thou be pleased with the sacrifices of righteousness, with burnt offering and whole burnt offering. Then shall they offer bullocks upon thine altar. You know, even though Jesus had chosen Peter as one of his apostles, Peter later sinned against the Lord by denying him three, three times. But he was grief-stricken by what he had done. Look at Matthew 26, verse 75, says this, And Peter remembered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. But Peter was eventually completely restored by the Lord. John 21, verse 17. He said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I, I love thee. Jesus saith unto him, feed my sheep. Let's look at another example here. The humble publican. Uh, is an example of contrition, visibly and emotionally shaken with his own grief. Luke 18, beginning in verse 10, two men went up into the temple to pray, the one a Pharisee and the other a publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I'm not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. In today's modern form of Christianity, genuine contrition is not a word within their own vocabulary. It's quickly turning into the days of Noah, a society filled with people who refuse to soften their hearts and apologize. Many people profess Christianity, but the truth is that deep down inside of their hearts, you're only going to find disguised bitterness, cruelty, and hatred. It's a form of Christianity without sorrow, because their love has turned cold. To find forgiveness with God and others, you first must possess contrition, because God's going to resist the proud. James warned about this very thing. James chapter 4, beginning of verse 8. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter... Be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. You know, this impenitent and heathen form of Christianity continues to grow each day, and it's only going to get worse and worse until the return of Jesus. What they're doing is transforming themselves into the church of Babylon, congregations that are filled with religious pride, that are no different than the city of Capernaum. They want to believe that they'll be in heaven, but their hearts 
are far away from God. Godly sorrow is a quality that one must possess in order to get to heaven. The apostle talked about it as sorrowing unto repentance. This is a sorrow and grief that overcomes you to the point that you display a willingness to repent. It's more than just saying I'm sorry, but it is feeling sorrow with your heart. 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation not to be repented of, but the sorrow of this world worketh death. Some people's hearts are they're so hardened by their own sin that they refuse to be truly sorry. Certainly many of them claim to be sorry with their lips, but that kind of sorrow only leads to death. Godly sorrow leads to repentance. It leads to reconciliation with God and others. If there's no evidence of this, then their faith is void. So like the soft-hearted child in our story, when a confessor is completely heartbroken because of the weight of their sin, we must meekly restore them. We must receive them and forgive them. On the other hand, if they don't have these qualities, they need to be rebuked sharply. Because if they abide in that state, it will eventually lead them being cast away from God's presence forever. True biblical contrition will cause people in their hearts to approach God and others with humility and godly sorrow. Just like the qualities contained in the little boy. So let's think about these things for right now. We can be found on your web browser by searching TLK. JBC, where you can find our diaries distributed through various platforms. We're not associated nor affiliated with any other religious groups. You can get our entire podcast feeds directly along with transcripts at tlkjbc.com. Or I suppose that you can find us somewhere up here in the great northern Minnesota woods. Peace to you all, and Lord willing, we'll talk with you some more tomorrow. Till then, bye-bye, everybody.